Hello, this is the Rex Society Podcast. My name is Tristan. Jeremy. And Vicky. Oh my god. <laughs> We're all aspiring creatives here to talk mostly about film and other things, uh, which whatever feels right. So um so yeah, we wanted to talk about the turning. Uh so the turning is <laughs> <laughs> the turning is based on the 19 uh excuse me uh 1898 uh Har Noel uh, novella Jesus I'm like still waking up. Uh The Turn of the Screw by Henry James. So this is uh the second movie in 2020 to receive an F cinema score. Guess what's the first? Is it is it the first or the second? So no, the turning is the second. It's the second? Oh, man. No, I mean, it's the grudge, but, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> I thought it would take the first. Yeah, you got it. It's, yeah, it's the grudge. <laughs> I don't like that. Uh-uh. Uh, but, like, I, I don't know. I, it, it just kind of amazed me uh, just hearing your reaction uh, about the movie, Jeremy, because I, cause I saw it with my girlfriend. I saw it with her. We were just... Because we watched horror movies are just movies in general but in this case it was just a horror movie We're like all right it's an excuse to go to the movies and you know we we saw it and i was pretty indifferent mostly uh i mean i like the i have i have a lot of things you know to say about what i liked but there's a lot more about how i feel towards the end um and you uh when you told me how you felt about it you praised it you realized this sort of genius behind the story behind behind everything that i couldn't see i guess and like i definitely want to go into that but it's just it's just funny how this all kind of turned out and vicky you never even saw the turning until you know just recently so this is definitely going to be like a fun topic to kind of go through so i'm just gonna basically you know help the reader out in terms of uh you know where the story is so the turning the way how this project started off it uh was a passing project that steven spielberg wanted to develop it was originally titled haunted uh guan carlos uh Fernacio was originally set as director he was a guy that directed 28 weeks later uh one of my top openings of all time uh and they also had a script from Chad and Carrie Hayes, who worked on House of Wax or The Conjuring, and they had a cast crew, and shooting was going to happen in, like, five weeks at the time. But Scott Z. Burns, who worked on a lot of Soderbergh films, uh, comes in last minute, does a rewrite, and everything goes to shit. Uh, Steven Spielberg already spent, like, a bunch of money on it. Like, apparently there was cost of $5 million, and he just pulled the plug, fired the director, writer, and just passed on the project for the production company to uh, let someone else helm and take over. So that happened five weeks and filming just goes to shit for Haunted, which was originally the uh, attend attended adaptation of Turn of the Screw. And then we go to Floria Sigismondi. I probably am not pronouncing her last name correctly. She is the director of The Turning that we know and love, which is now the title. And uh, she came from a music video background, uh, molded by the 90s. So she has a trademark with jittery camera work, blah, blah, blah. Uh, she introduced the uh, style from The Beautiful People for Marilyn Manson. I'm not sure if you guys know that music video, but like she kind of has a style that was 
kind of new for the music video world and also just kind of like camera work in general. And, and from since then, a lot of directors have tried to replicate that style. And she also worked with David Bowie. She even directed a music video for Spawn and uh, Super Massive Black Hole for Muse. And so she, yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, like, she, wait, what? She wrote and directed Runaway. Probably yeah, I was, was going to, I was going to get to that as well. Like, oh. um, Okay. Yeah, like uh, she, like she uh, debuted as a as a film director for The Runaways with Kristen Stewart and uh, and Dakota Fanning, and you know there are you know those two were writing on Twilight fame at the time, <laughs> uh, and uh, from there she also directed uh, an episode for shows like Daredevil, Hands May Tale, American Gods, and now she worked on The Turning. So she got Mackenzie Davis from Hot on Catch Fire, uh, Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things, and Brooklyn Prince from The Florida Project as the lead characters. I'm, I'm just realizing I didn't even get the the that lady, the old lady's name. I mean, I don't want to say it, just just refer to her as an old lady, but fine. do you know? Do you remember the old lady's name, Jeremy? Like Miss? I, is it Miss? Uh, Miss? Jeez. I mean, it's Miss Gross. Do you? I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll like skip over that. I apologize. Um, but yeah, like uh, as briefly and quickly as possible because that's kind of like how the turning came to be. So bit of a drama at the beginning, and then they found uh, a savior in this music video director who worked on Runaways and a number of other projects as well. What did you think about this, Jeremy? Hello? Hello? Oh, my bad. I thought I was talking for like half a percent. Okay. No worries. I was trying to tell you it was Mrs. Gross and, um, you know, uh, the actor's name, Barbara Morton. Uh, um, Thanks. What do I think of, uh, I, I said a lot. Um, yeah, I guess if you want to talk about the Juan Carlos project, um, well, I think uh, it gets wild. Uh, you, you forgot to mention the cast did, I think, Rose, Rose Leslie. Yeah. And Alfre Woodard to the party. Yeah. I think you assume Rose Wesley's playing um, the Cape part. And Alfre Woodard, which interesting. I, I imagine she's probably playing the Mrs. Gross part, which would have been awesome. Uh, yeah, um, like, like it. Yeah. Uh... The, the favorite thing about it is um, on Wikipedia, it says Scott Z. Burns did a one page rewrite, but the article of sources doesn't say anything about just a single page rewrite. Yeah, and, I don't, yeah, I don't know about that, that either. <laughs> yeah, it might be page one rewrite, which makes more sense. Um, um, makes a lot more sense. But I mean, just to think that he just changed one page and it, it, it fundamentally changes the story's fabric, characters, and action. Yeah, yeah, that's so um, bizarre. I mean, they spent so much money already, and then Steve, uh, you know, Steven Spielberg was like, "Nah, like just fuck it." <laughs> like, yeah, I'll tell you this. I think Scott Burns rewrite is in this adaption because I think the take on the story in this adaption sounds like what he did. I mean, so so regarding that rewrite, it really made no difference. Uh, no, no, no. His his, re, his rewrite of the the haunting, oh. I think, is what turns out the turning ends up being. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, like uh, he doesn't get like, a story credit, but. I think they worked off his script. Well, that's interesting. Like I, because I mean, it's, 
yeah, there was obviously a lot of information that I could have gone over, but I, you know, I was already saying like so much shit, so that's why I didn't uh, bother to say certain things like the cast and crew. But like, I appreciate like your help, uh, you know, with that because like, uh, yeah, it's 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 weird how this movie turned out. Because I mean, I, I remember when I told you, like, you know, Steven Spielberg, uh, like worked on it. Like you were kind of like what and. Yeah, like it's 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 funny. Like Vicky, what do you uh, do? You have any thoughts? I know we're all dying here, but <laughs> um, I mean, it was interesting because I'm kind of hearing it for the first time. As you stated in the beginning, um, I saw the turning, and not to say that I, I didn't want to watch it, but I mean, it's clear that I saw it for the sake of this episode. Um, so I have a couple of thoughts, but specifically on the kind of creation of it i mean it was interesting to hear but uh i don't i don't know much more else um to add to it well yeah of course i mean yeah it is kind of a situation of it is what it is i mean it's just funny to, to just know about this and then just rewatch the movie just thinking how different it could have been but yeah so I'll that was you. that wait what huh I'll tell you, if it was a Amblin produced movie, yeah. might be better. But it'd be a lot <laughs> less interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, don't, I don't, I don't think they're going to be taking the chances this does. I mean, you know, we'll, so uh, we'll define what's what's interesting when we when we get through the movie. So, <laughs> I'm glad he dropped it. Good. <laughs> all right. So, like, obviously. Uh, with all that in context, the turning takes place in April of 1994. You want to know how we know this? Kurt Cobain dies. Oh, visual yeah. storytelling, baby. Opening scene on the TV. Kurt Cobain's yeah. died. Put you in the place. <laughs> April 1994. Yeah, perfect. It's... Effective. Efficient. <laughs> Like, uh, and, and before that, there was, like, you know, this random chase scene, like, where this, I mean, this lady who we'll find out is the original nanny, uh, like, she basically just tried to bail the fuck out of there, like, and uh, her name, uh, we learn later, is, is Miss Giselle or Giselle, whatever, and she just jumps into a car and drives off, and it kind of, I mean, it, it's funny, like, it's it's like, it's completely unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> it's scene that's supposed to throw you off. You find out <laughs> later what it is, but it's a scene that's supposed to make you think this is a spooky movie. It like I, it, I mean, was, it wasn't necessary because like the 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 reveal of what that scene is at the end um Actually, let me first quickly state that I really did enjoy this movie. So, my first, first statement being negative might be like misleading, so that's why I just felt to just to say that first. But the reveal that like that happens in the movie in order to explain what that whole purpose was, I would have I didn't need the scene in order to believe what they're saying because it kind of makes sense. You know, it, it kind of it was just like that thing that all horror from films needed to do and this movie is kind of different in that way and it just you know i actually kind of feel like in a lot of ways the whole beginning isn't necessary but especially that that scene it's just like what's this no i'll tell you the opening scene probably a studio note if you want to take my guess because what the rest of the movie has to say 
it's not necessary. <laughs> well, and it does that, open up like most horror movies. Well, my whole problem is that this whole movie feels like an opening scene. Uh, but we'll get to that later. Nope, <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Um, but regarding, uh, yeah, I mean, like, but that's interesting that, like, uh, you know, how, like, it opened up and it just, yeah, like, I, I feel like it's unnecessary as well. And, like, the, when, she's, like, when she's charging, when she's charging the car to the gate, because she just halts, like, every, this happens, like, twice, where they're, like, they're going forward, and then I keep thinking to myself, why don't, you, why don't you just fucking ram it? I mean, is it... Do you think she could have rammed through the gate if she wanted to? Because I don't know. I, in my mind, I was just I thinking, like... I don't some, some cinema sins in this episode, but I'll say this is 1990s. The cars are built as they are now, and that looks like a sturdy gate. I would have crushed it. I guess can. Like, I just... I, I don't know. I just... I, I mean, like... I don't the, a gate like that in a house that old. I would believe that the gate is pretty strong. I I wouldn't say that the car cannot ram through it, but I don't know. I I, I kind of I believe that that the gate is a strong strong gate. I think I think we've been blinded by the fact that just cars can ram through anything. Yeah, this isn't a Michael Bay movie. This is a glorious oh. <laughs> movie. Like, I mean, whatever, dude. <laughs> It was just a, it was just a thought, like uh, fucking, uh, like okay, like it, you know what's funny? I mean, I I know I'm kind of getting a little ahead of myself, but just just so I can quickly say, since we're already talking about the gate, like and you know, in that near the end where they're trying to go through the gate again, it's so fucking funny. Where like like in the beginning, like Giselle, she's struggling trying to open the gate, and and then she gets into the car, and then like uh, uh, Quint like fucking like you know like stops her. But fucking uh, uh, Mackenzie Davis, like she's she's just in a car and then she's like waiting, like like hurry up, and then it just opens. <laughs> she like fucking just waits for the gate to open, and at the beginning, like like Giselle's trying to like fucking like open the gate herself, like what the fuck, man? I mean, but we'll get there. Uh, I know, well, I I know, I know. Jeremy, you probably have like a reason, like behind no, it. why? Oh, uh, I do. I don't want to get to it quite yet. It's pointed why this movie is so fucking interesting, at the very least, and great at okay. the slightest. But, <laughs> but uh, well, all right, but let's uh, you, yeah. From let's... the unnecessary opening scene, the transition is an extreme close-up of Kate's eye. Yeah, like Blade Runner. Yes, of her <laughs> watching the TV. Exactly like Blade Runner. A masterpiece of film. Yeah, like uh, we see. Uh, I don't we see this gorgeous, creepy old eyeball. Um, but uh, yeah, like that was kind of like some funny, like uh, just just a weird, like random transition where it just kind of like, all right, like she stopped from this creepy guy, then an eyeball, the turning. Um, so yeah, after this scene, uh, we kind of jump into where uh. Like Mackenzie Davis, like she, I keep calling her by Mackenzie Davis, but her her character name is Kate. Um, she is talking to her roommate, and she's kind of like you know basically saying how she accepted this proposal from the school that she teaches at. Uh, like she's she's dropping everything to you know go to this orphan who lost her nanny, uh, who we learn later is Giselle, and we we already know what kind of happened to her, and so like she's kind of going in just you know just. 
because she understands what it's like to grow up without parents and her roommate is like, man, what the fuck? You're leaving me for a seven-year-old? And she's like, well, shut the fuck up. And um, I, I mean, she didn't really say that, but like, <laughs> but it's, uh, I don't know, it's kind of weird, like, like weird to... Can you say that she's trying to prove herself as a, you know, as a person capable of taking on the job? One One thing that she said that just ruined it for me, like, she, I mean, it, it, I laughed my ass off. I mean, I remember when I, when I, because my, my girlfriend, she, she wants to be a teacher and Vicky, you're a teacher. Like when she said the scene, uh, or excuse me, when she said this quote, uh, I'll, I'll like, you know, read it out. Like where uh, her friend was, was just kind of, you know, asking her, but don't you love your kids and, and stuff or whatever. And, and Mackenzie Davis response, and I love teaching. But I just want to make a difference, you know? And I just thought, like, you're a teacher. Like, I mean, you're, you're making a fucking okay. difference. Let me see how that line could come across bad. I wish I had this scene up right now. <laughs> like, hear it, but... like, like, she, like, she fucking, I don't know. I just thought that was, like, funny. Like, how her friend is kind of like, you're, you're a teacher. You love your kids. Like, you know, why are you going? And she just kind of, like, says that. Being a nanny makes more of a difference than teaching, you know, 20 students in a class. Like, Vicky, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, it's, it, it, I, I didn't, now that I'm thinking about it more um, <laughs> <laughs> strongly, um, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's, it doesn't, it, it really doesn't kind of make sense. I feel like, you know, I've been thinking about her motivations for why yeah. she would, uh, and it wasn't the right direction to go, you know, because I mean, you come yeah. to, as you as you find out a little bit more about about her background in the following scenes. I think that makes sense. Even though, okay, I'll try not to harp on the fact that I think the whole beginning thing is just completely unnecessary. I think we should have started at the gates of the house and yeah. just jump right in. <laughs> I um, agree. Okay. Yeah. But, um, okay. So, given with working with what we have, uh. I think that in the following scene um, where she uh, kind of meets her, uh, sees her mom before she actually goes on this nanny voyage, I think using that as her motivation and she could have maybe like hinted at it with her friend before going to see her mom, like that kind of makes more sense. Um, but, you know, maybe she doesn't fully understand herself. I mean, there's so many excuses we can give a character. Um, but I think her friend knowing her she could have said something about it being a little bit more personal to her yeah. and it would have had the scene with the mom and then it would have had the, you know, it would have, it would have made a little bit more sense in regards to building the story, like this character's motivations for why she's doing this at all. But yeah, to like, for her first reason to say to make a difference, um, you know, like make a difference in, I don't know, in what way? I guess that's what we find out. I don't know. Yeah, I, I yeah. see what you're saying. I think you're dwelling on it, honestly. Well, no, I mean, like, I'm, I, I'm hold like... On, hold on, sir. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but in in reality, yeah, I, I think they, if I'm going to critique it, I think they should have focused more on, like, this kind of... Because the story doesn't really go into it too much. Like, yeah. and I think they could have gone into it a little bit more, like, why she did this at all, and also... But I guess this is the thing of horror films, like, you know, because I, I also make, because in a lot of horror films, it's kind of like, why don't they leave? 
and she sticks around, which, you know, I, I'm sure we'll, we'll get into, but, um, I also think all of that adds to also why she stuck around. And, like, like, and that's why I like the movie a lot. Okay. Because they just, they actually justified, or at least I justified it, why she wasn't like, I'm, I'm out of here. All of you are crazy. Yeah, yeah. I think um, what you're saying is um, you're raising Tristan, and, which is, I think, the, 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 the false reasoning why, you know, this is just a conversation with her friend, which is innocuous, but you know, um, in that same scene, she has the 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 mail from her mother of the drawings, and it stresses her out. And the roommate comforts her, gives her you know the mixtape and everything. So clearly, the 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 roommate knows about her relationship with her mother and doesn't want to dwell on it, and you know makes a more friendly, innocuous conversation with her about it. You know, I I don't see uh. Yeah, I, I mean, you could, I mean, I think this is more of a character building scene than an actual plot or a reason building scene. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, it's innocuous. I think it's, uh, I think the necessary scene before the gate is the one afterward where she, um, you know, meets her mother. Now, of course, uh, you know, regarding the motivation, like, obviously, you know, after this scene, we're going to be meeting the her mentally ill mother. But, I mean, I would just point out this quote because it didn't make sense to me. It was it was kind of a silly quote, so that's the reason why I brought that up. But uh, speaking of motivation, like, in regards to her mom, uh, I mean, she already established, like, like before she even talked about being a teacher, how uh, she, uh, you know, knew or understood what it was like to grow, without, uh, grow up without parents. So, I mean, from there, I already understand her motivation, but I was just kind of like saying, like, it was kind of a silly quote to consider uh, dropping. You want me to put a, I'm going to put a cinema, I'm, I'm going to put a cinema sense counter here. <laughs> All right. So, so why not drive through the gate and, oh, this line's dumb. All right. We're at two cinema sins. Okay, Why so the worst movie over. So just just minutes. so we're clear, I'm not gonna go through every like nitpicky thing. I was just mentioning a lot of stuff that I thought was like in my my head was just like funny. So I mean, we're kind of like uh, definitely gonna be you know going over like a lot of the more plotty details. I don't want to talk shit on the movie. That's what you think, but like there is a lot that I like about the movie as well. I mean, of course, while we're meeting the the mom uh you know her mom's mentally ill and she's in this uh you know this care facility and i like the aesthetic like the the mom she's actually played by uh uh uh, jolie richardson i I believe her name she she was from nip tuck and it's funny like like her like she plays the mom but she's actually the fourth uh the fourth family member to uh you know at least uh excuse me the yeah, I guess I said that right. She's the fourth family member uh, to appear in adaptation of Turn of the Screw. So that means that her grandfather played uh, the uncle who we actually never see in this adaptation uh, in The Innocence of 1961. Her aunt played the governess in 1974, Turn, uh, Turn of the Screw. And her uncle uh, played the professor in The Turn of the Screw for 2009. So she's she her and her family members have been in these adaptations and it's pretty fucking weird and awesome at the same time. (laughs) 
but like uh uh yeah like she is obviously you know like not doing well like with her state and I, what, what i liked about the scene uh because i mean like well we could have started the gate scene i feel like we could have also started from here just to kind of give that sort of moment with her mom as like just like kind of a motivation i mean obviously there could have been some rewrites to make more sense out of it but i think like right here we established like her main fear and also like her motivation throughout the movie and and i like this scene like it it really kind of pulls in like the 90s like vibe a bit more with uh mackenzie davis like in her in her cool looking outfit like i think mackenzie davis rocks her look in this movie and you know, when we see her mom, uh, like she's kind of like just painting something and her hands are like all dirty and stuff. And and I like that. I like that grungy, like gothic kind of look, like with everything. The, the colors are kind of muted, but it's also just, you know, it's it's sort of popping at the same time. I mean, what do you guys uh, think about like, you know, her relationship between her and her mom in this scene? Or, or do you not really have much to say about it yet at this point in the movie? First of all, awesome location you didn't even yeah. bring it up she's in a pool she's in an empty pool painting yeah uh yeah she she she's she's just in this big empty pool she claimed know, it it's hers yeah and <laughs> it, it looks awesome it's creepy as hell it leads to the creepiest shot in the movie later on it's so cool um no i mean this is where you um you 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 establish your uh your big phys- uh physical what do you call that your physical motif uh Kate picking her nails you know yeah. that's, that's where you start it that's 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 the whole thing you know you find out she's just trying to improve herself against her mother her mom says it's a big job to teach a a lonely girl and you know and she thinks she can do it like and yeah. yeah and like uh you know like after the scene uh i mean vicky do you, do you have anything uh, to say about the scene or, or uh, i mean it's there... definitely creative uh the the it's like choosing an empty pool let's say versus like a waiting room which is yeah. what we normally see um and it is definitely creepy and it kind of you know it shows how small she is in the vastness that's like her mind yeah yeah yeah, yeah like I, I i liked you know like the the decisions you know behind uh you know behind like this whole thing like with the pool and her mom because i mean it really because like i said like i mean i'm not gonna show all over things because i mean i i like this scene and also just kind of the, the dynamic between her mom because of course that that really establishes just kind of like you know her internal you know like fears and just just kind of something that lingers and you know of course we'll get into more detail with that but uh regarding the uh next scene after this we kind of just jump into this gothic ass fucking looking location which we saw just briefly in the beginning but now we see it during the daytime in its full glory this uh manner and and it looks it looks like it's like the 1800s which i love because it's actually the 90s it it really feels like the 1800s when uh, or at least late 1800s when this you know story could have taken place uh from the from the the source material and and i thought like uh like this was another good location and and really good decision being made like it really looked like haunting and, and, and amazing like uh and well, she... i'll tell you this is uh you know 
right when we cut to this is when we get our opening credits and we see first it's uh well it's shot by david ungaro who i'm not sure who um familiar with his work but i mean the the cinematography is is dope af as the kids say um <laughs> yeah and he's one of the heroes of the movie and the villains would be the editors uh glenn garland and Dwayne durnham yeah I, I i think uh i think this movie has an editing problem more than anything yeah. else and um not saying it's bad still a masterpiece um, I, it, but the, I think, the editing um, ruined the movie for me <laughs> um no doesn't ruin anything because message still comes through you know but these guys make it a lot harder but like say uh, that. <laughs> um but like, uh, yeah, like the title, the title credit, like, cause I mean that, that also like, cause I was going to bring that up too. Like it really did kind of, I mean, I don't really see that many movies with like, I mean, aside from comedies I can think of, like, I don't really see any, mo- like many movies that like still use like these title cards or maybe I have, I don't know, maybe I, I just, it kind of goes over my head, but like it, it really felt like kind of like a nineties sort of thing, sort of thing to do. I mean, at least from what I can remember, like there was a lot of nineties movies that had like like this sort of vibe like we're i don't know i mean i'm overthinking it but i just i I felt like classical it's classical yeah it's simple it's to the point yeah 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 yeah. fancy establish your going crossing the the boundary into the unknown and we throw some credits over it yeah like uh i liked it um like of course after this scene we see uh or at least we we meet like the the governess or not the excuse me not the governess uh miss grouse whatever uh and she's kind of like i mean she looks like she's from the like the 1800s or i mean i don't know but like uh maybe, maybe, maybe she casting. doesn't huh? great physical casting yeah look, like yeah she yeah she has great expressions like, i love when directors do this they choose yeah. actors you know, not only based on talent, but their looks setting the scene. Yeah. It's hard to watch a movie when you have someone like, you know, very modern looking in an 1800s picture. Yeah, like, yeah. uh yeah, like, she was very convincing. I mean, I think she was actually uh probably... I mean, I you know, I love I love, like, all the characters that are in this, but I think she, she had, like, this sort of, like... I guess the sort of uh, real strictness that I felt was like the most convincing in the context of the movie. I mean, I don't know. I that that was kind of like just me because I thought like it was just she felt real. She really felt like like an actual person who just wasn't gonna take any shit and just kind of do her thing. <laughs> um, Weird. But uh, not like, my uh, not my reading on the character. Oh, <laughs> I, I mean, like like I mean, she obviously didn't took shit from from Quint, so. Um, uh this is very weird <laughs> <laughs> but He's like one uh, character i don't have a reading on <laughs> like but like uh regarding the uh the next character that we meet we meet flora the little girl uh who's played by that you know actress from uh the florida project and she's such a McKenna she's grace. really huh mckenna grace yeah wait what mckenna grace oh wait fuck why am I saying her name? No, Brooklyn Pierce. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I saying what kind of grace? Jesus I, Christ. I Thinking of the other child actor. I mean, we are, we're all we're all waking up. But like uh yeah, like she um she's like uh 
uh, she's she's great. She's a great child actress. Like she really felt convincing. I mean, I, I know it's it's silly. Like 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 it takes a lot for a kid to to act like a kid or whatever. But I mean, I feel like she she definitely uh, knew what she was doing. And and like I I I, I felt like she was believable. She was immediately. Like, I mean, it was a creepy fucking moment where, like, because Dave was trying to, like, find this kid and, like, fucking just turns out to be really cute afterwards. I don't know. It was fucking, it was like a, like a cute little moment that was kind of, like, weirdly executed because, like, Kim, I don't know. But, like, I, I liked, I liked the, the meeting between these two characters. Uh, I mean, Mackenzie Davis finally sees the girl that she came here for and, it kind of like establishes like the beginning of their relationship. Vicky, uh, like, uh, do you, do you have uh, anything to say regarding the, you know, everything that I kind of mentioned so far? Um, yes, I, 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 I mean, she's brilliant, and she's kind of the reason why I uh, stick around throughout the movie because, um, I mean, when you watch like the trailer for the turning, it it, it comes off as every other horror film. And you kind of assume that maybe the horror is going to be tied to the children, um, like every other horror film. And again, not to say that it's not necessarily, but it's it's not in that way that you typically think. So instead of, and so she's cute and funny and adorable throughout the whole film. Yeah, and yeah. it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about. You know, why would Mackenzie Davis, you know, what, wh- why her character, why would she stick around? And, um, and I like that it wasn't just like this typical creepy little girl, you know, she is being be- very playful. It adds to the realism of the story. Yeah. 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 Like, I agree. Like, I, I definitely, I liked, I definitely, uh, liked the, uh, the dynamic between, you know, between like her and, um, and, and Mackenzie Davis, because she, I, I felt she felt innocent. She felt like an innocent little girl who was just messing around, and and she also didn't want, you know, to like lose another nanny, like because she, you know, I mean, she already is dealing with seeing her parents uh, die like outside the gate, as as the as Miss Grouse explains later. Um, and so, uh, like, it, I will say to to um, to Vicky's point, and kind of like. I got so much I got to say, um, so I want to like sprinkle it in, um, uh, like about the trailer. And you watch the trailer, and you know, they 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 market it as a horror film, and, and you know, what kind of got me to see this movie is like, oh, okay, I know this isn't a ghost movie. It's got something to do with the kids, which, um, I ended up kind of being right. Wink, wink. Um, but not in the way I was thinking. Um, yeah, I think this is um, Brooklyn Prince, uh, uh, Flora, Flora. Jesus, I'm so off right now. Um, yeah. God. So, <laughs> so, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's all good. Like, uh, regarding, uh, you know, after this scene, because, I mean, they're, like, in the, the, like, you know, where the horses are, and, and then they... Uh, move on to just like the house, like where uh, you know she kind of sees like you know everything going on, and and the little girl's kind of like I don't go to the west, uh, you know West Wing or or was it West Wing? Like is that is that what what she called it, uh, Jeremy? 
East Wing. East Wing, yeah, East Wing. Like, I, I got my wings mis- uh, mixed up. Uh, so, like, she, like, you know, kind of, like, says, like, not to go to the East Wing. Like, I, I don't want to, you know, go to that house or whatever. And, oh, I forgot to mention as well, like, the whole, like, that, that moment where she uh, talks about, like, like the like the apple, like how you know it could cause like cyanide poisoning, like <laughs> like not oh, yeah. not the first thing you want to hear for the kid that you just dropped everything for. <laughs> Good misdirection, yeah. I know it's just it was just funny, well, I, like yeah. <laughs> it's like how do you how do you know that? <laughs> like like fucking you know like all right, uh, the nanny's missing and you're talking about cyanide poisoning. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But uh, I don't know. But, uh, I, just thought, up, uh, I thought that was like funny. Like, I mean, I mean, like, uh, really funny. Um, when she's talking about the painting of like her great uncle. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> coming in, uh, to, like the shore, and, he's, and she's like, he had dentistry. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that was a cute moment. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a cute moment. Like, uh, and. Regarding, like, uh, you know, after that, like, it's, it kind of, like, uh, because, I mean, I mean, I know it sounds like I'm, like, you know, nitpicking or whatever in the beginning. I mean, I'm just kind of, like, pointing out stuff that I thought was funny, just, like, as a horror movie, like, sense where it's, like, it's not a big deal. But I actually really liked the, the opening. Like, the opening was probably, like, my, like, I mean, like, this opening, like, even though I feel like it could have been trimmed down, I felt like that was, like, something promising still like that still that promising feeling for me and like i i liked what comes after this is where once she gets to the house uh like she basically uh you know kind of like mckenzie davis kind of like gets herself like just just you know uh situated and and she and she starts noticing some like creepy shit like going on and and then like she steps out like outside her room and she sees uh uh miles like uh you know who like kind of like finds her oh yeah oh wait fuck actually i forgot um fuck the i mean because you i think you mentioned or no i don't think you mentioned it jeremy like she she saw uh like that mannequin like you know her her great grandmother's mannequin like i thought that scene was fucking creepy i loved it (laughs) like in the the sewing room Oh yeah, when they introduced the sewing room, yeah. Yeah, like I, I thought uh, mannequins yeah. are creepy as hell, and that's definitely a creepy mannequin. Yeah, I love also, I love that uh, scene. <laughs> you got an introduction to Miles' character by uh, seeing the mannequins whose breast is covered in uh, pins, bobby pins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, oh, oh yeah, Miles did that. Yeah, he's weird. <laughs> uh, it's some really sadistic shit. Yeah, like the yeah, like the whole like thing with uh with Miles, like how he kind of comes in, like it, like it, it, he definitely, you know, just comes off as like this sort of psychotic. I mean, not like I mean, I don't know, just like I guess the the feeling of him, like he just comes off as like a psychotic asshole <laughs> who who like uh like just objectifies like woman but also you know just in more darker ways than we were expecting of course as we learn later um and like it it really uh it it really kind of like you know gets like certain things going like at this point we got all the actors uh, the characters introduced 
One thing I um I realized, like now now I'm thinking about it, because because the uncle did you know this, Jeremy? I'm not sure if you knew this either, Vicky. Uh, mm-hmm. like the the uncle, because uh, this whole place is like like the uncle is supposed to watch over these kids, and and he kind of like uh basically just says okay like just just let them stay here like i don't want to deal with them uh that's how it was in the book but they didn't really have the character for the uncle and i'm not sure if they mentioned him either did they mention anything about uncle from from what you guys can remember because that's the reason why they're in the house by themselves is because uncle doesn't want anything to do with them no i i don't remember any mention of the uncle character and i did not do my proper research and reading the turn of the screw because yeah yeah, because like is boring. Yeah, because the because the uncle like in the book like the uncle was the reason why you know like Mackenzie Davis's character who's who's the governess, like the reason why she actually came to that house was because like you know he wanted people to someone to to watch over the kids, and he's not even like in this like at all and and I feel I feel like that's kind of like a major detail that could have really been useful because. I mean, you have this uh, Miss Grouse who, who you know, like doesn't really want to look after the kids, even though I feel like she could. But it seems like for some reason she can. She has too much going on, <laughs> and I mean, I don't know. It just it just kind of like didn't really make sense after their parents died. I mean, that's that seems like a, an important detail that could have been uh, put in somewhere in the beginning. But yeah, I don't remember there being a mention of the uncle, which would have helped for why they had this whole place to themselves but uh i mean yeah it's not really a big deal but i thought like uh you know when you're kind of questioning it like after watching it i mean why the fuck do they have this place to themselves (laughs) yeah their parents died that was the only amount of family they had but i mean if you're like you're you're like two orphan kids yeah like i got mrs gross like i feel like someone definitely would have uh you know, like, kind of helped him out, like, in another way. I don't know. I mean, like, like I said, the uncle was that character. Like, the uncle was that character that would have, like, you know, helped him, like, legally and stuff. But, like I said, it's not a big deal. I just think that's important information that could have been sprinkled in somewhere. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, uh, Vicky, do you have anything to mention about anything I, I, I said before I move on? Or No, not really. All right. Uh, no, 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 no. So, yeah, we meet Miles, and, yeah, I mean, there's, like, a lot of creepy moments. Like, I mean, like, we meet Miles, and, like, there's, uh, like, some ambient, like, 90s music. Uh, you know the 90s music in this uh, in this movie? Like, none of it is actual 90s songs. These are all songs that were made, like, in a production of this movie. Like, like Courtney Love uh, made a song... And like, like none uh, of these songs are real '90s songs, huh? I didn't realize uh, that Courtney Love song wasn't already no, she, existing. Yeah, she made the song during the production. Like, it, it, they all styled it cool. as the '90s. More, more pros for this movie. Put that yeah, in a like, positive. Yeah, like I liked the stuff. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I like the aesthetic. I like the ambient music, and I like. You know, like just kind of like this sort of commitment to you know to the culture of the '90s, and I mean, there's definitely stuff to like. Like, I'm, I'm not gonna like shit all over it, but you know, it it like the reason why how I feel about everything is based on the ending. And um, uh. regarding the 
regarding the uh, the whole thing with with uh, fuck, like where was my mind at? Like Miles, yeah. Like after Miles shows up, like there was there was also nothing. I th- I think I kind of went over I uh, went over, uh, but like uh, or I think this was before Miles showed up. But like she, I, there was one scene that I liked where she kind of like goes uh, to slide down the window, and she sees this fucking like like uh, reflection of Giselle, like kind of like just in ghost mode, and she like gets freaked the fuck out. I thought that was a pretty effective you know, scare, not, not really expected, but obviously you kind of felt something ominous coming, but you didn't know how. And I thought that was a creative way of, of doing that. Or maybe it was predictable. I don't know. Um, Classic <laughs> scare, but it's, uh, it's also the first introduction of a haunting in the yeah. movie. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, it, the stress, I guess, from her starting the job and, you know, being uncomfortable you know, of course, Mrs. Gross and, you know, the little child. Why did I say little child? Flora, you know. So, yeah. you know, gives her just a just a little haunting. Yeah, you know? like, and I, uh, yeah, and I liked it. I liked, I like these, like, subtle haunting vibes. Like, it's not, it's not overkill. That's also kind of, like, what I liked as well is, like, like, these haunting moments don't feel like overkill or, or like, it, it is not trying to replicate like like you know stuff that we've seen before uh like recently uh like the like the conjuring or whatever because i mean I, while those movies are well made i feel like a lot a lot of time movies or horror movies uh, specifically do try to replicate it in a way that it sort of fails and i like the subtlety in the beginning you know when it comes to the haunting and also like later on to uh towards that pull scene uh, which we'll get to. So I'm going to kind of speed up the process because I think we're still in the beginning for some reason. Um, so regarding uh, Miles' character, uh, you know, we learn like he's he's uh, wearing uh, Quint's uh, uh, sweater. Who Quint? He was the uh, the guy that fuck. What was his job again? Do you remember his job? Like, cause he said it was a state. Like. He was in charge of the estate. Oh, yeah. Like, he ran the estate, the the manor or whatever. And, uh, like, he was wearing his sweater. And, and like, as we learn later, like, Quint died, like, uh, from, you know, from riding a horse. But we learned that, or maybe or maybe not, that Miss um, Grouse may have something to do with that or may know more than she lets on. And, uh, you oh, know. Oh, wait, she- well, yeah. There's no uh-huh. maybe to that. <laughs> I don't know what we want to get into. Um, I want to, you know, what this movie really is. Yeah, yeah. Like we can jump into that because I feel like right now it's kind of like I think we kind of got to all the characters and the setups and the motivations. Um, I think we've got everything we need. So the table's all yours, guys. Yeah. So I mean, all right. Uh, this this isn't a ghost movie it's a it's a movie about the stress of gaining a job and the, the ways people deal with grief and how those butt against each other and someone ends up losing their minds there, there's no haunts in this movie and the scene you're talking about of mrs gross dealing with the 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 stablesman is nothing that's the hollywood ending that you know the character thinks in their head this uh this is what I think throws everybody off about this movie is that, you know, you think you're getting a little haunt 
but you're not. You're, you're getting a little, uh, you're getting a little mind losing. Damn, I wish I thought it sounded clever. Uh, so, so he, just for context, like uh, at least you know, because I don't know, we actually flat out said it. Like, so the ending basically goes like this. So fast oh, forward to yeah, let's uh, let's let's go through the plot and we could get into it more. And there's yeah, because like. Yeah, because regarding the, you know, the setup, like, we kind of, like, speed across, like, I mean, a lot of, like, you know, haunting shit, like, happens and, and stuff, like, where uh, Miles is mainly, like, you know, fucking with, uh, uh, with Mackenzie Davis, uh, and, and he, like, you know, like, kind of, like, pulls, like, certain weird, creepy things, like, he tries to, uh, like, to kiss her at one point as well, which, uh, you know, was all was definitely like a moment where, at least as someone you know who wants to be their nanny, like you wouldn't immediately just say, "Yeah, I'll, I'll go uh, horseback riding with you tomorrow." Uh, <laughs> but like, it was kind of like a like a funny, uh, or not really funny, but more like a creepy moment, uh, you know, to be in. And I I liked just just this whole like weird like uh, unpredictability with him because he. Obviously, I feel like while he was with Quint, who apparently was an asshole, and and he and he's also uh, done like terrible things. That because that's the thing with all this information, Jeremy. Because the ending with, with all the with all these scenes going on, and uh, Vicky, like you can feel free to like to to come in any second. I know you're tired. I don't want to <laughs> don't want you to like fall asleep to my voice. Uh, but like uh, with with all these. Uh, details coming in and and like uh you know when when we're learning about quint and we're learning about giselle we're learning about all these people and, and these kids and stuff i feel like it just kind of takes away like all that development like or, or at least like that sort of uh you know setup where like where does it go when with when it has that ending because i mean you could argue uh like when she hears stuff about Quint, about Giselle, like, it's kind of like her conjuring, conjuring things, these things in her mind, and, like, sure, like, that's, that's definitely a plausible theory to an extent. I feel like when she's also hearing these things, because, I mean, there's also moments where we cut away from Mackenzie Davis, and we see these kids, you know, kind of like, you know, either doing their own thing, or, or, or even when Mackenzie Davis is, isn't even aware, like, like, when she's aware that there's, Giselle is staring at her in a mirror. And she's looking away. I mean, what what do these scenes mean to you? Like, do you think that still applies to you know to her? Like, maybe or maybe not being crazy like her mom. No, no. I I think it's more about um. No, it's it the the whole movie is from her perspective. Um, I don't from think... the point she leaves her mother's uh. Uh, asylum. I think the whole movie is from her perspective. So any haunts you see that aren't, um, you know, within directly her sight or her reacting is just her conjuring those ideas, just to solidify her own idea that the the place is a haunt. Do you have any thoughts about that, Vicky? So your focus right now, from what you were saying, is about um, the end because it well, just jumped around. It well, just jumped like. Bit. Like I, I know, I'm kind of like getting ahead of myself, but I mean, I'm just saying, like in terms of the scenes that we're like that that's occurring in the film, because at this point we're kind of like just learning more about the characters, about you know about the lore, where you know, but we're learning about Quince, we're learning about 
uh, you know, how these kids like looked up to, you know, to these characters. Like, like, uh, I mean, obviously, I already established uh, that Flora, like Flora, she uh, really uh, she she got along with it with the nanny, and she and she did, and she hated that she she left. Like, as far as she knows, that she, that she left, and uh, uh, Miles, like he looked up to Quint, and Quint was like an asshole, and 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 of course, like we're just kind of learning all these things, and and obviously, with, with all the information that we're hearing, and also like certain moments that we're seeing, where we're you know, it, it's a haunt a haunted version of them. Like I, I just wanted to like at least with you knowing what what the ending is, with you knowing what the ending is, and you're kind of like still learning about these characters and this dynamic. Does that support, at least in your opinion, does that support what happens in the ending? Like, like as in, this definitely could have been from Mackenzie Davis's point of view, or is this all just conjured up in her head? Because my argument is that well, you know, like. Uh, Sure, like I mean, it, it, she is a protagonist, and the movie is mostly from her perspective. There are cutaway moments that throws me off, where it's like it could have just been edited out, where it would have just focused just on her perspective, just like completely just first person throughout. But because there's moments where it cuts away to these other characters, it really, at least in my case, like indicates what is real. Uh, and and I, I I see like these kids are like looking away, or I see Mackenzie Davis is looking away and there's a ghost or something. And I mean, what, what do you think about that? I'm sorry if that's a little lengthy. <laughs> well, okay. Um, I, I'm kind of thinking of it separately. So, well, one thing that you um, mentioned before that I kind of want to reply on is uh, the scene where he tries to kiss her. Um, yeah. I, 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 it kind of goes back to, to, you know, Jeremy's point, you know, talking about how the one aspect of the film is to deal with grief and, and you're right, as, as you were saying about how he looked up to this, you know, creepy guy. Um, and he's still trying to figure out himself and Mackenzie Davis is gorgeous. So, um, I don't blame him, but it's more of like, I think it works. And I think her response is very natural because especially when, I mean, of course, for a child to take that step is a pretty extreme step, but um, her response to kind of not put him down too harsh or, or not to regret it, like to not dwell, like, yes, that's not a good decision, which she makes clear, but also let's not dwell on it. Let's not make it weird. Let's not make it awkward. He can recover from that decision and still kind of have, uh, you know, like a normal interaction with her, you know? And then I think to then say like, okay, we're going to recover from the situation by, you know, let's going horseback riding. I I thought was great. Um, in, in regards to the end, um, I, I mean, it feels, it feels, uh, it kind of, it kind of goes back to where I feel like this whole thing with her mom again was just to justify that end scene and um it just goes back to me not thinking it it was in, it, like the beginning to as a justification for the end is not necessary of course if they didn't introduce her mother and they still wanted to go with this possible mental illness she's losing it uh aspect i still think that they could have done that just fine and and then what that scene would have been was would obviously have to be a little bit different 
because yeah. It, yeah. because it, it wouldn't be her mom. It would just be some other sort of like it might have even been her, you know, um, her looking at herself or I don't know. Uh, yeah. But um, so I I like the 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 it it it's kind of like uh you know um uh but it's kind of it leaves a lot of question marks um not in a bad way again i I see what you're saying it it kind of was like this was the build-up um and and it's hard so it's kind of like i kind of like ignore the like beginning in that very very last shot and i kind of for me when i think about this film i really just focus on all in the time of the house i like the possibility of her losing her mind but I guess my concern with it is just that they felt like they needed to justify it. Like she's yeah. going crazy because her mom is crazy. And for that reason, I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a good movie in this. Like, I mean, like I, I, I feel like if not a good movie, a decent movie at the very least, but I, I just kind of like feel like a lot of this information at, at, by the end of the movie anyways, it kind of like just, it, it, it kind of feels to a certain degree, just mainly, pointless or it could have been like a lot of stuff could have been cut out in the beginning like you said uh vicky so it kind of like really just gets to a point where i where i, I don't know i feel like like this the story could have either gotten like started a lot sooner or probably could have been a lot more focused uh yeah i and... think the mental illness aspect is a crutch because if there really is a ghost you know then they can't just escape into the world and because then it's like no that's not realistic um um but you know they should have just all you know died at the end (laughs) i think that would have been a little more you know um that would have been more like yeah because there's no way that the that the film would have ended with them escaping i mean that that would have been ridiculous um but yeah just to kind of fall on the mental illness crutch and oh it's just it's kind of an easy just wrap up like oh she's going crazy the end yeah yeah like yeah that's yeah because i mean it i mean while we're obviously we're kind of like you know we're like getting weirdly like out of order but i mean yeah the i just kind of speed up to like the third act now like we're um i mean there was i mean what are the moments is there any moments jeremy that you can think of that are worth that's worth mentioning well we could just jump to the third act right now because i feel like like i said the majority of this movie just feels like setup where we're letting all this information and then the ending just kind of just takes away all that setup like is there anything i mean in my opinion yeah, anyways, I mean, like, yeah you got the whole second act is pretty much just um you got your haunts and you know kids being yeah. dicks um you know uh you got the the pool scene which i think is so goddamn like <laughs> frustrating yeah i'm just like oh like the kids doing this to this fucking poor woman, you know. Yeah, I felt that. Um, yeah, I'm just I, I I feel so bad and stressed out, and I'm like, yeah, of course she's gonna like, you know, have high amounts of stress. Um, not good. Um, yeah, you got that scene. Um, you kind of got um, you know, you learn that Flora sees her parents die, you know, leaving the house in a car crash. Yeah, and uh, they did—they um, never specified what exactly happened outside the gate, did they? Because I mean, what did they crash into? Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, could have been like the pond, you know, near the end that um, what's her name jumps into. Kate jumps into. Um, yeah. 
like to yeah, find Giselle, Giselle's body. But, uh, floor saw from her window. So, yeah. you know, um, when you find out that she's like kind of like a, what do you call that? Kind of like a homebody because uh, they try to go to leaves to get a new koi fish. Yeah, that was and, good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and she freaks out and then, um, you know, doesn't want to leave. And then Miles threatens her. Um, you know, this uh, it's more establishing. But yeah, I mean, th- that's kind of the whole second act. I mean, you want to get into like, um, you know, after that, uh, I need to play the, uh, they play, what is that, the, the flashlight tag? Yeah. Like, you know, you get hit with a flashlight, you're dead, whatever, as he said. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then there's a really creep. Oh, yeah, before they're leaving the house and, um, you know, which, like, I mean, it kind of plays into, like, the haunt kind of stuff is um, to convince Flora to leave. Miles is like, you want me to ask my friend to protect us? And he's, like, talking into the mirror. He's like, oh, will you protect us? Oh, okay. Oh, great. We have nothing to worry about. And, you know, he, he's like, oh, my friend said he'll protect us. <laughs> and then, um, you know, that kind of comforts her. And then right as, like, Miles is, like, kind of walking away, he, like, walks up to Kate and he's like, and he's like, he thinks your tattoo is sexy. And yeah, like you know, oh, like, I forgot about that scene. <laughs> like, that uh, was fucking... <laughs> so uncomfortable. Like, it, it, yeah. I forgot um, about that scene. <sighs> Which is kind of like, a, uh, you know, kind of leads into like, I mean, this kid is extremely damaged. Yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's of like kind of leaning into like, oh, this is a haunt movie. Yeah, it's creepy, but it was just like, I, I, I just feel like the delivery of that, that dialogue was just kind of like, <laughs> like, I mean, I was like, chill, kid, just, just chill. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Attached onto a degenerate, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, I get, and then like you know, Kate like uh, she leaves and talks to her roommate, and you know, like says like I mean, she tells her she made a promise, you know, which she did in the beginning with Flora. But yeah, I, I forgot still, to mention that too. Yeah. Um, you know, so that justifies her coming back, and then. Like, I mean, you know, just to kind of cut you off real quick there, like, cause like, uh, you know, that scene where she, uh, like where she like is calling her friend and she's basically saying like, you know, how like, oh, like I'm having a hard time. Maybe I made a mistake. I, I feel like, because, cause I mean, there was obviously, there's obviously justification. I mean, I like that they included this scene. Cause you know, obviously we're all thinking like, why the fuck are you still there? Get out of there. And then I'm happy that, that they acknowledged in the scene, but I feel like she, immediately retreated from the idea like way too quickly where she was on the phone because her friend just kind of said okay we'll come home no i should stay <laughs> like i mean she was just complaining or just kind of like really just letting it out but i, I just felt like I, I don't know if it's the editing but her reaction was just kind of like as soon as she heard her friend say come home she's like ah, no i mean it, i like i like they include that scene though but like it, it was just such a weird on and off moment for me Hey, you ever bitch about your job to your friends? And they're like, why don't you quit? And you're like, yeah, nah, I kind of need it. You know? Well, I mean, like, you know, like, yeah, like, that's, that is true. Um, but is there anything else I'm mentioning, I guess? 
before we get to the third act anyway? Uh, uh, I mean, that shot's awesome when she's on the phone with uh, her, her, her friends. Yeah. You know, awesome New England shoreline. Yeah. Great white shot. Um, yeah. Uh, that's about it from that, that part. All right. Um, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, her leaving there is kind of like, yeah, start of the third act. Well, I to just that that scene makes me um, think back to what you said earlier about um, how how you know the colors of the world are kind of bleak, and and also how you mentioned um, her her clothing, like her outfit, yeah. her yeah. look throughout it. I mean, um, I mean, I guess I could be a little bit biased because red's my favorite color, but it it really sticks out. And it kind of makes her, it, it shows how she stands out in this world, even outside of, of the house. It's kind of like this, this, this world may exist outside of just that house. It just may be kind of bleak in general. And, and, and she's trying to kind of stand out in a way um, that, you know, is for the better, you know, versus for the worse. But I just, I love how the red looks against all of the kind of different yeah. shades of, of blue. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, like, uh, it was a good, it was a good contrast. Uh, I mean, you could definitely tell that they, that like visually they, they knew how this movie, uh, you know, uh, how they wanted it to look. And there, like I said, I, I love the aesthetic, the look of the movie and also the, you know, the, the ambient, like music and and also this sort of this just lingering tone like that you kind of feel with these haunting like night uh, excuse me eighteen hundred type of stories like I liked there was a lot on the technical aspect that I liked like my my main frustration comes from the actual like you know like uh, flow of the story and when we're now that we kind of like said all that stuff about the about the first and second act the the third act which I was kind of keeping track of this as I was watching it. Like I was, uh, you know, just kind of like seeing how far into like the third act where things kind of get a little like just back and forth. Cause I mean, I think this is where the third act really begins where she kind of, uh, you know, she gets a call from, uh, 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 from her mom, like, like the governess, cause the governess gives her the envelope, uh, from her, from her mom, and she, you know, she opens it like, and and like, like the governor's is kind of like, all right. I mean, hopefully that's not genetic. Uh, if your mom's a little local, and uh, she gets a call from her mom, like saying like they're gonna throw her out, and and she, uh, her mom asks if she can see the drawings, and so like, you know, Kate, like, like, uh, she. Oh, 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 you're cutting over the the creepiest shot in the movie. I think is is in the. The scene with her her mother. It, it's when it it kind of wides out and she's in the pool and there's just this huge, you know, portrait in the background. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, of some ghost. I mean, that that yeah. Come on, give credit. That was fucking okay, terrifying okay. Well, actually, the first right, time I thought. I'm glad you brought this up, actually, Jeremy. So, if all of this is in Kate's head, why are we seeing that? Why are we seeing that? Because, I mean. Um, that could not be in Kate's head. I mean, that could be legit. So, um, so why would they repeat? Because, I mean, that scene after the ending, because it it just kind of rewinds, and we don't even get to that scene. Yeah, that could be in her head. Um, (laughs) wait. 
Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, when she's, when it cuts away, because it's one thing if they want to commit to that ending, it's one thing if they want to just focus on case perspective. Like, I don't, like, I would be on board with the ending. I wouldn't care as much for the ending and, and how it, like, really made me think about the movie altogether if, if it wasn't for the fact that there's this kind of feeling of betrayal where, I mean, I'm, like, kind of, like, picking up on everything. Like, okay, like, you you have me on board. I'm just trying to follow along everything that you're trying to say or everything that the characters are experiencing and whatnot. But then when you have a moment like that where she calls her mom and then you do the rewind thing and it's like, oh, it's all in her head. Like, why why bother cutting through all that? I mean, I don't know. Like, maybe right, I'm overthinking right, now, it. Now I'm but... looking at it is um, what I remember is... Um... Yeah, when she's on the phone, she starts saying, um, she's talking to her mom, and she starts to say that she thinks she's seeing things, you know, and then right afterwards, she sees the 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 ghost in the yard, uh, Jessel, and starts to chase her, and then, you know, finds her, so she starts to admit to her, you know, mental, um, you know, losing... <laughs> Um, she starts to admit to it, and then immediately afterwards, she starts to see um, the ghost and gets and kind of justifies its existence. She finds the body, and you know, starts to to see the haunts are real. Yeah, uh, like that so whole it's her, like, it's her kind of admitting to it, and then pulling right back immediately. Yeah, like that whole scene, because I mean, the editing was also like fucking bonkers in that scene where like she, like she gets the envelope. Um, like I'm trying not to like lose like track of where I was, where I was going. Like she, because she gets the envelope and and then like you know she gets a call from her mom, and then she like she uh like uh runs out. Like I mean she, because I'm trying to think like is this because this is a scene where where she I don't know if this is before or after like where she's on horseback. Like suddenly it cuts to her fucking riding a horse, and 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 at one point you're like what the fuck's going on. And then, oh, like, no, that's a dream she has. I know, I know. Like, like she, she wakes yeah. up from two dreams. Like, she, she, it cuts from that, and then she, and then she wakes up to see Giselle, you know, like in front of her, like kind of like you know asking for help, and then she wakes up again. Was that before or after the envelope scene? I can't remember. That's that's before. Before, okay. Because like that was like a weird, like I mean that I think is where the third act really begins. Like I guess I kind of like got ahead of myself, but yeah, like it. Like it, because I mean, this this whole thing where I like I like that they're they're establishing that she could be crazy with the scene where it's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what what is real anymore? I like that, but I mean, what what do you feel about that, uh, Vicky? Uh, with the uh, with that scene or with anything else that I that we talked about? I mean, it kind of becomes a. I, I'm I'm at a risk now of just being a little bit repetitive where, you know, um, because this is what I'll, this is, I don't necessarily have a specific opinion on it, but I think it's kind of clear where, where, and, and you're both, you know, valid in the sense of kind of like, in regards to, if you're really focusing on the end, then because which is what you should when you watch a film, everything up until that point has to justify it. Um, and it doesn't. And that's an unsatisfactory feeling. Um, I don't believe it was in her head. So 
I feel like that was just thrown in there to make it like, you know, like a ooh film kind of where where you where you start to question things. So it gives you a reason to think about it after the credits roll. Um, but aside from that, I I don't I guess I have the different perspective that I don't really think it was in her head. To me, I kind of ignore that. So, uh, so that in that sense, I'm not questioning the decisions. But it makes sense that you are if you're taking it as the literal end like yes it was in her head um it's just interesting you know hearing you know you and i'm very neutral about the film. i know that, that's um, why i like that, that's why i like this dynamic where it's like me and jeremy were kind of like on the opposite sides but you're like in between which <laughs> which is understandable because i would have been neutral as well if it wasn't for, for the fact that like just hearing Jeremy's reaction to the movie was like, all right, maybe I should really rethink this movie. And then after thinking about it, no, I don't, <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to. Yeah. What, what I like about um, the film overall is just that it's, it, it's, it's, it's almost weird because it manages to look and make a lot of similar decisions that all horror films make. But it also manages to to stand out in its simplicity. Like, um, I, I think I have to admit that I watched it from a very different personal lens because I think that if I would have watched it when it came out and, you know, watched it in theaters, um, I just kind of would have been like, you know, that was it. This is why I watched it. I may have had that same feeling that I had when I... Um, finished or when i watched the the latest rendition of the grudge um which that movie made me angry um so but i think because it was just so like kind of forced in there to justify it i'm like okay you know but again i don't i i really uh like i guess i uh, appreciate you know jeremy's um obsession with with the film is just kind of like it, it just it i don't know it exists and i mean there are significantly worse horror films um so i feel like the turning does what it's supposed to do and i think it could have been even better um but it's just that's what they did and it it it, it would go like in the middle of probably a list of the worst horror films of, of, the, of, the, of the year and <laughs> and and like the best and the worst i think i would throw it right in the middle um to me like, i kind of see it as as every actor's horror film like placement film where they like every actor especially up and coming that are that's getting more and more recognized they all have to have a horror film and you know this was not a bad one for Mackenzie Davis. Yeah, definitely near the end. So, of course, we'll just wrap things up with this third act. Um, I don't know, like, when, Jeremy, do you remember when, because I, I only remember when she, when she saw, when she sees Quint, like, because Quint reveals himself in ghost mode. And, like, all, all I remember is that fucking, that electric guitar. <laughs> like, the fucking electric guitar music that just kind of, like, goes out when he appears, like, eh, like... <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, I don't even remember that. Really? Um, like I fucking. <laughs> uh, 
I thought the music was great in this movie. I I, I, I thought it was no, I liked the music too, but that that scene was like, because okay, because because it was there was a subtle vibe like, but that moment that was the only moment that felt fucking over the top where. <laughs> Like he shows up in the, I mean, you, you guys can rewatch it if you want to. That scene, I mean, it's, but like it's fucking, like I don't know, like uh, yeah. So Quint reveals himself. Uh, he throws the the uh, I mean, like Miss Gross, like off the stairs. Like I mean, after uh, uh, Kate, like kind of like you know, like finds out or maybe doesn't find out. I don't know. I don't know. Depending on how you look at the movie, like if she kills Quint's. Then Quint, like, he's like, fuck you, like, killed me, and throws her off the staircase. Um, and, like, after that, like, you know, she kind of, like, rushes to... Uh, I'm, I'm probably, like, missing a lot of stuff, so feel free to, like, stop me if I'm, like, missing anything. Like, she runs to uh, Flora, like, does the brave face thing, which we didn't talk about, like, the brave face thing where she... Like, she like there was a moment where, like, uh, you know, after, like, Kate tries to leave with Flora and... Flora, like, is kind of, like, upset with her. Uh, she, like, kind of, like, shows the brave face thing. And, and uh, I thought that was a cute, you know, thing as well. Um, and, uh, like, like the... A- after that, like, the whole brave face thing, like, she she also tries to get Miles. But Miles, like, uh, uh, is appears to be possessed or, like, kind of, like, just stuck there from Quince. And and then, you know, he finally breaks free and they, they all leave. And yeah, it's like it's kind of like just that. It's just like they just fucking leave in a car, and then Hollywood ending. Yeah, and and then and then plot twists. Rewind. We're back at the envelope. Your mom's crazy. Don't go crazy too. And now she's loco. Or I mean, I don't know. Like it's kind of like all of a sudden she's uh, Mackenzie Davis is looking more uh, like just more like unstable and she's kind of like wandering around the house she's like seeing like now we're from the children's perspective and we're seeing like Mackenzie Davis just kind of like reacting to things that aren't there and and it's kind of like like you know like a big like especially watching the theater like imagine I mean I know Jeremy you definitely watching the watching the theater differently from me but I'm watching the theater and I'm like (sighs) what just happened like uh, strongly disagree. <laughs> One of my favorite things in, in a scene in a movie is questioning reality. Always freaks me the hell out. It's why Annihilation was like one of the creepiest movies I've seen in theaters. Okay. Because I didn't know what was happening when I, it was happening. I wouldn't compare this movie to Annihilation. <laughs> well, I'm just making an example of like reality breaking you know, uh, uh, scenes. I, I was extremely disturbed at the ending the first time I saw it. I mean, the second time I saw it in theaters, I I more had an understanding of what it was. But yeah. no, I, that always freaks me out is when yeah. uh, when when, you're, when the reality of the movie is questioned. Um, and then of course it just ends, and you know, the then the credits start. That freaks me out too. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, um, like the credits was. I mean, I know it's funny to say, I and mean, this isn't like this is not even me just like hating on the movie or anything. But the end credits was actually my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> like, I like I said, I'm not hating on the movie by saying that, but I just love the the end credits were really, really good. Yeah, and, well, and it, it kept me. You know, 
I'm not ever really one to honestly watch um, end credits, uh, but it, it was really good. I was I was like really zoned in on it, and um, oh, and briefly because I want to, I I think that the her losing her mind was really good for the story because when that happened, I actually kind of. I, I I didn't I wasn't expecting it. Even with her mom going crazy or whatever, I was just still trying to move with the movie as the movie was being as it was happening. Yeah. So when that happened, I was like, oh shit! Like, um, I just didn't didn't necessarily like where they went with it. I feel like they just needed to like, okay, we gotta wrap this movie up now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's wrap it up. Um, but it kind of did creep me out a lot. I see what Jeremy is saying. I kind of I love that. Um, but then. The reason why I I liked it is because I actually feel that the movie built up her her going crazy. And and that's why I keep saying that her mom wasn't really needed because there was a a reasonable progression for her, you know. So in order for her to go crazy, she has to stay there longer than she should. Yeah. And the reason why, she, but then it, why would she stay longer than she should? Well, that goes to her background. And I think that they got that point across. I think that they got the point across why she was sticking around for her own personal motivations. Also because, you know, these kids are are innocent. You know, they're not actually part of the horror exactly, even though, you know, the boy's creepy uh, and the girl, is, you know, has her own kind of, her innocence almost makes her creepy. Um and her acceptance of the creepiness is creepy. But, but you know, so, but they did that just fine. So it, it was, it was, it was brilliant. And, you know, cause I could, I felt like, you know, with the makeup and, and with everything, she looked like she was losing it. Yeah. So I, I loved the reality uh, snap. It just, it was like, okay, because mental illness, you know, travels genetically, like that almost made it weak. Like, no, she should have gone... I think anyone in that scenario would have gone crazy. They didn't need... I mean, fuck, we're in this scenario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't need the genetic aspect of it. Like, no, you know, well, make her go crazy because her surroundings are crazy, not because she's crazy. I think um, I think what you're saying is uh, a good point, but then at that point, you don't have a ghost movie because then you don't have, uh, you know, the... Um, the the symptoms of schizophrenia seeing things that you know aren't there and especially in such an intense manner i think if it's just someone losing their mind i think um it's a little hard to justify any of the haunts. no i know i i think she's losing her mind because i think it's it's a haunted house like i i think the ghost is real i'm not actually questioning the existence of the ghost i'm saying that yeah, if someone were to remain in a haunted house, in a truly haunted house, like, so I'm taking the haunted house as real, like, that house is haunted, there's a ghost haunting her, trying to kill her, you know, killing other nannies, that kind of, you know, um, I'm taking that literally, so I think that if someone were to stay in that scenario, um, whether they're, whether we're being haunted all the time, I think they would lose it, I don't think they need to be a crazier person, you know, and, and I, and I like that aspect, because, when it comes to the mind going, you know, snapping, it's kind of like, you know, and, and this can be discussed in with murder or other topics where it's like, you know, if we're in the right situation, 
we will become that person no matter what your predispositions are, you know? And, and that was the part about the film, you know, that I was more focusing on. It was kind of like, yeah, man, if this house, you know, if this house is haunted, if, if, you know, I'm feeling like, you know, these hands, you know, crawling all over me and stuff, like I'm going to go absolutely crazy. Now I'm also trying to have the strength to stick around because now I care about these kids, but I'm going to go, I'm going to lose it. And, and, you know, so I, I, and I, and they played it all really well. Um, you know, so, so the, that's the way that I'm, I'm watching from it. I kind of like, you know, so I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I, I, I'm honestly ignoring this whole mental illness aspect. I think what you're saying though, if all the haunts are real, I think that would make the kids a lot more sinister than they are made out to be. Because they're kind of letting this happen and kind of like gaslighting her into not not like acknowledging them whatsoever. So it, so she assumes it's in her head. Because I think the justification of her staying there with the haunts would be her, you know, just being like, okay, this is stressful. You know, I have a history of mental illness and I'm going to like, you know, or at least have it genetically... I'm not going to acknowledge these things and hope I could settle in this job and these would probably just go away. You know, that's why she's so forgiving and, you know, um, you know, accepting of the kids weirdness. I think she's like, this is just me stressing out. Let me, you know, like settle in and hopefully, you know, it's all just blow over. Um, I think I, I think it makes the boy definitely more sinister, you know, but I think that the girl is, is, it would still be, you know, I mean, but, but that, that goes to, that goes to what I'm saying where it adds a different way that these kids, especially the girl is creepy. It's very indirect. Um, and, and she's a kid and it's kind of like how, you know, it, it's like this perfect balance between, you know, how self-aware children are but also how they're not and they're just kind of not thinking about their actions beforehand they're just kind of living their life and and going back to the scene that i think was also in the trailer and in the film like at near the end where where um she walks in and i mean that's one of the few scenes that starts with that's not from her perspective is with the girl on the bed and like her hair is kind of like being played with um right i'm I'm not making that up right yeah that's yeah that's the poster of the movie but that's also part of the the hollywood ending that she's thinking up in her head is her like walking in and seeing like oh this kid is being you know uh, like handled and like not possessed but like in the trappings of this ghost and you know that one is jezebel and then she walks in and sees quint is haunting the uh miles the the boy i think um those are the only two scenes where you see the ghosts interact with the children is in the hollywood ending everything else uh there's you know no interaction unless it's in um uh, like explicitly a dream she's having. Well, to to me, I'm kind of I'm not putting it under this like Hollywood ending like umbrella thing. I'm just I'm it's it's what was put in this film, so it's what I'm 
using as as evidence. And 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 of course, uh, you know, my thoughts on everyone's, you know, like opinions on this, we're all right because this movie basically had every ending, like the ghost ending and the she's crazy ending, and there's also an alternate ending. Like uh, I finally found it on Twitter, um, and like. Uh, I like I mean of course like you know I just like we're gonna wrap up in a second uh it shows like you know that scene where Quince is is chasing down uh uh Kate like Mackenzie Davis's character and like and you know so of course like when when she uh he's chasing her down like she actually like uh like they're tussling around and then she actually like starts choking him out and then like when she when she like uh appears to have like you know like uh, choked out Quinn. He's just kind of lying there. Like Flora comes running in, and and then like uh, Kate looks down and she sees that she just strangled uh, Miles, and he's like lying on the floor unconscious. And then like you know like Flora like pushes uh, uh, Kate away, and she's kind of like just crying, like holding on to Miles. And then all of a sudden like like how we see in a trailer, a spider just fucking just pulls itself out of Miles's throat, like in like you know it comes out of his mouth. And just kind of like scurries away, and Miles is suddenly okay. So it's kind of like a weird, <laughs> and then it just ends. <laughs> so it's like, well, I mean, it, it doesn't just kind of end. I mean, the the they all the like creepy hug, part I of guess. it is, yeah, the, the floor is all like you know sad and like freaking out that she killed her brother and then the brother wakes up and she's kind of like happy and then hugs her and whispers something in her ear and then you know miles kind of just stares at her and then like you know she's like i think it does this um uh, what do you call that like that rapid zoom out uh kind of through the house and And then the doors close and Um, like um like and regarding the the source material ending uh, like just so we can kind of compare, because there's like so many endings to kind of go over. Uh, like the source material is like because it's very it's much more ambiguous. Because like there's 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 like implied ghosts, like like uh, Kate or or the governess as referred to in the in the story. Uh, like she just kind of sees these figures and and she's not really sure if you know like if it's like real or not, and and then she kind of. In the end, like she kind of confronts, so uh, she learns about like Quint and uh, uh, fuck uh, Giselle. Like she she questions uh, Miles, like uh, so, uh, you know, have you seen the ghosts of Quint? I mean, I'm simplifying it, but like you know, like she basically kind of confronts him about the ghosts, and then Miles just dies, just like he just dies in her arms, and there's really no explanation behind it. It just kind of like happens. I know, like saying this without other full context of the actual story but it's kind of like one of those old school uh novellas where you have to analyze to really understand what anything fucking means and and i feel like this movie in a lot of ways captures that sort of like i guess uh ambiguous uh nature but i just feel like i mean these are my final thoughts so you know we could just wrap up uh, in a second uh where the movie itself, like, there was, there's, you guys made good points. Like, I, like, I love how you guys see these points. And, and, and that being said, Jeremy, I mean, even though I reacted in a way where I, I feel like, okay, like, I, I 
can see how this could definitely be good. Like I feel like I feel like a lot of it is is us giving like more credit to the the final product of the movie than it deserves because a lot of this could have been oh. translated well if it wasn't for the editing. Cuz there is a lot of good stuff in there regarding mental illness, regarding the lore and the story between the characters and everything. And and I and I I, I would have been like you know, like on board, like I mean, I was on board from the from the beginning. I was really on board to to really see where this goes. And I just feel like the reason why how I feel is the fact that the way how it was edited, it almost made it seem like they didn't know how to edit it as, as shown from the alternate ending already. Like they they just kind of threw in this ending. They threw in all endings, and and that's what's really frustrating is that they couldn't commit to a particular. Uh, I guess a particular journey for the characters and, and it, and it didn't, it didn't feel earned at all. It just kind of felt like no matter what the ending was, it would have just ended like abruptly and just kind of lead to like, I mean, I it felt like nothing like from, from everything that we learned from the beginning and being set up throughout the context of the movie that we're talking about right now. But I agree with everything you guys are saying um, like as far as you know, the characters and the journeys, because I mean, there is, like I said, there is a decent movie or a good movie in this, but it just wasn't, it wasn't edited to its full potential. That's why I got frustrated, and that's why you know I want to kind of talk this out. But anyways, let's wrap this up. I, that was my final thoughts. You guys could say your final thoughts, and yeah. All right. Um... One, I disagree with you completely. All right. Uh, no. <laughs> um, I think the editing is, yeah, the problem that prevents this movie from not being good or decent, from being a, a masterpiece. And I don't even think it has to do with the ending. I think it has to do with just the pacing and uh, probably just the middle and the beginning. Um, yeah, no, this is... Um, I think this is just a movie that, yeah, was slightly, you know, I don't, I don't know what happened in the process or anything, but I, I think if this movie was probably, you know, I guess turned out the way I, you know, think it is, like with the general audience, uh, I think we would be probably talking about Flora Sigamondi, you know, in the same breath as like Robert Eggers or... Or Midsummer Guy, I don't know why Ari Esther. Um I, I I truly think that's the amount of quality, you know, that's in this movie. Um, you know, just by you know, just the the acting, the 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 cinematography, um the location, uh, you know, uh costume design, everything. Um yeah, uh, I, I kind of have obsessed with this movie, you know, kind of a little much, but only because um, I don't think I've ever had, like, this much of a dis like disparity between, like, what I think of the movie and what, like, critics think of the movie. I'm usually pretty aligned with, like, kind of critic reaction for the most part. Um, but, yeah, the fact that I saw this is, like, you know, twelve percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which just only means twelve percent of critics liked it. Not that it's you know, twelve percent in the 
grade that people interpret it as. Um, uh, I, I was, I was kind of shocked by it. Um, and I think um, it getting an F cinema score is kind of a, a, a good thing or not a good thing, but I mean, it shows that there's something there. I think um, a lot of F cinema score movies uh, are kind of just like messy masterpieces i mean the one example i could think of um it would have to be uh like mother i think mother is a terrible movie that's also kind of a masterpiece um <laughs> um you know there's some real shitters in that cinema score but i think uh you know the box another one um from richard kelly i think is a very good movie that's kind of messy um you know Bug. Now I'm just kind of looking at similar score. Bug, which I think is like one of the one of the best movies of its uh, year, and also Michael Shannon's best movie. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, I think kind of like getting the F cinema score is kind of like a stamp of honor in some ways. Um, but yeah, usually I kind of align with critics for the most part. So the fact that like it, it, it's so vast, you know, my my opinion in the public opinion is just kind of fascinating to me and kind of the reason why i wanted to do this just to put my two cents out there about this um but yeah otherwise i mean yeah it's a perfect or near perfect fucking movie see the turning available on vod and you know physical Vicky, um i i definitely think the negative reviews are exaggerative um it it, it kind of goes back to what i generally think about ratings it's, it's not that i don't think stories can be rated i think they can or films um but i, I think it's it, it shouldn't be like like an f rating or a zero you know or, or or let's say it's out of 10 um anything between you know like one to four it's like it, it almost seems too emotional to to have a review like that um to know that it to know that it got an F just makes me feel like people didn't get what they thought they were gonna get and that's why they're upset about it versus just I don't know trying to find a different way to appreciate it and then maybe still coming to the conclusion again I don't know because I didn't really look into the reviews um, but just hearing that it got such a low score um, and and I and I'm interested to think about how it did comparatively to some of the last horror films that I saw that, that I, that I think are worse than this one. And probably, I don't know, but hold on. So, um, so generally though, I, I liked participating in this, in this, uh, topic because I, I don't really watch a lot of horror films. Um, it's just, I think because they have, they have this thing that hangs over them that they're just generally not done well. Like, a horror film it's just typically kind of bad in a way um but i liked so i'm not initially motivated it's not what i'm drawn to but i like when someone says you know just try this out and, and see how you feel about it um but i actually think an excellent horror film is better than an excellent film in any other genre um because it it can it can really affect your own reality and, and about what's possible. Um, but again, generally, I guess I would think that this movie is a little bit more mediocre. It really stands out in some ways. Um, and it could have been 
a lot better, but I guess that's something to say about any film. And what, something that I liked that I don't think we talked about were the jump scares in The Turning. What I like, I, I really liked, I really liked them actually. Um, normally, normally I'm, I'm, I'm a really big chicken when it comes to horror films. So when I can feel that the jump scare is coming, I normally look away. Uh, but they were subtle. I mean, I would still call them jump scares, but there was something subtle about them. It almost made them a little bit less predictable. But And then when they did happen, they weren't so scary. So I actually think The Turning could be a good horror film for someone who may be similar to me where they kind of want to enjoy horror films, but maybe they're, maybe they're a bit of a chicken. So it's something that you can actually watch with your eyes open directly looking at every scene. And when something scary happens um you're able to like oh be a little scared but it it, they, it doesn't dwell on it um they don't, yeah, they yeah. don't overkill it with the music and the, you know like it's a coming you know you, you don't <laughs> you don't you don't get that a lot so kind of like the, the one of the first jump scares in the film is with the window when she's putting the window down yeah um yeah. like I, I i honestly wasn't expecting that even though maybe i should have and then it was like really subtle, like they didn't overdo it with, you know, some sort of scary sound or, um, and I mean, you know, I guess it could kind of go back to, is this in her head or not? But I, I really, I really uh, enjoyed that aspect. Um, yeah. And then I do kind of want to, I, I briefly mentioned it in another point, but I do also want to say one more thing about uh, like the hand scene, um, because some scary, so, so the hand kind of, crawling all over her is something that is also shown in the trailer. And so like some scary parts that they show in trailers are perfect for just those two seconds in the trailers, but they don't necessarily work in the scene of the movie. Um, so to give another creepy hand example um, in the countdown trailer, um, that kind of that travesty of a film, um, they had that where, you know, you know, it's kind of, she thinks she's laying down with her boyfriend. Come to find out she's not. Um, she thinks it's his hand. And, oh, it's not his hand. Oh, woo, scary monster. Um, and it really worked in the trailer. But in the film, it just, aside from the fact that it played out exactly like it did in the trailer, you kind of, one knew it was coming. And then it, and then it was just so corny and cheesy. Um, but there are some examples where it works even better in the film. And and that was one of my favorite scenes uh, in The Turning, I guess because it had been some time since I watched from when it came out to now. I almost forgot about that moment, so I was a bit surprised. Um, but I still feel like even if you're expecting it, it was actually still really, really creepy. Yeah. Um, to me, it's like one of the one of the scary mo scariest moments, and I thought that they executed it really, really well. But anyways, overall, uh, even with the ambiguous ending and so many scenes I feel like I would cut it cut out um I I actually think the film was much better than the last few horror films I recalled watching which were the grudge remake um countdown as I just mentioned I I even think this is better than uh the the part two of the it remake and I actually oh, yeah. think this is better than us which I really didn't like um and I, I feel like a, a bit of a, a black sheep on that one. But that's it. All right. So, of course, uh, 
you know, all, uh, you know, this is, this is definitely fun to talk, uh, about with you guys. Uh, you know, I looked up just to kind of wrap things up. I mean, obviously it's really not much to stir up another conversation. So of course, I mean, you know, we're, we're wrapping up here, I, but I did want to just, uh, at least allow us to be aware of what the director had to say when they asked if, if she had a definitive take on what the film means, particularly the ending. And it's pretty vague. It's nothing, like I said, it shouldn't start up a conversation because we really talked about everything, you know, because, again, we're wrapping up. But here's what she had to say. So uh, it's it's the thematic idea of being locked in with this trauma that you're dealing with. I don't want to say much, but the ending is different from the book. I wanted the film to be different and surprising. I wanted to redeem Kate and tell a more emotional story. So that was her uh, take on it. I mean, again, it's very it's vague, but it kind of like at least gives us you know of 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 uh somewhat of a peek in, inside of like what she kind of wants to go for with the story but uh with that said i think that's it for this episode uh of course uh we're going to be you know seeing uh, what comes up next so stay tuned uh in the meantime i hope you're staying safe out there awesome listener and i hope you guys take care thank you for listening bye, bye. Peace.